0: Hello and welcome to Bobby and Yen's presented by Zwift. Zwift is the app that connects you to cyclists all over the world and makes indoor cycling fun. There are structured workouts, training plans that are really easy to follow, online group rides, and why not try a few races? You can even organize a meetup with a bunch of friends. You might just have to make your own coffee at the end with Zwift. You can even listen to this podcast while you ride around the Champs-Élysées. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Ride on. Well, Jens, here we are again. Um... I have to admit, I am in Croatia. I was never in Croatia when I was a pro. We never had any races over here, but uh, I'm working on a project that will be out later this summer. Um, Can't really give you too many details right now, but um, I will when the time comes. I'm on the same continent as you. This is a first for us since we started the Bobby and Jens podcast. It is a first one, yes.
1: And... We haven't been on the same continent quite for a while, you know, because of the COVID-19 and all that travel restrictions. But hey, I just came back from working for Eurosport and commentating on Giro Italia. We covered every single stage live and direct, like the entire stage. So we had some long days, some interesting days. And let me tell you, it was a fascinating race.
0: So normally we have a guest on, and, but I, I kind of want you to be our guest. I want I want to pick your brain on what you saw. Um, obviously, you were there every single day from start to finish. I was paying attention to it as much as I could. Uh, with the time change and, and work, that made it a little bit uh, difficult from time to time. But yeah, man, I mean, this was an interesting Giro. Um, I have to say, I wasn't totally stoked on... On it at the beginning, but it became very interesting, just like every Grand Tour. You know, there were new protagonists. There were people that we thought were going to do good that, you know, either didn't do well or crashed out. But, um yeah, give us a little bit of the inside scoop. I mean, obviously Bernal was amazing. Ineos Grenadiers was amazing. But um give me a little bit of the inside scoop. I mean, we had... We had a bunch of different stage winners, but we had nine teams that didn't win a stage. Give us give us some 4-1-1 on, on, on what you saw and what, what you heard during the Giro. Well, first things first. It is actually easy to see why
1: Egan Bernal won the Giro. Because if you look at all his placings throughout the Giro, his worst ever place was The 40th place on the opening time trial. And every other stage he finished between winning twice and place 40. He went never further down than finish 40th on a stage. So that uh, I believe it's a very good example of consistency, of focus and of his team protecting him from, from any possible trouble. And in the last week he really had to rely on his team to make it happen. But he saved it. And even the last time trial, he finished um, somewhere in the 20s. So he was
0: always there, always reliable and always consistent. Quite a champion. You're you're right about that. I mean, sorry to cut you off, but um, Egan Bernal did not win the Giro by himself. I mean, he got to draft behind Filippo Ghana for most of that race. That must be like, you know, Ghana is such a massive dude and Bernal is, is quite small, but it must have been like drafting a Mack truck for that three weeks. But the teamwork that they had, the the planning that they had, the organization, and like you said, keeping him in the front and out of the trouble, that that's that's the way that you win Grand Tours. And I, I've kind of lost count of how many the Sky and now Ineos Grenadiers team has won. But uh, you're absolutely right. It went to the most deserved rider. He did have to lean on his teammates and uh, we'll get to that a little bit later, but, but first let's, let's talk about the surprises, you know, the the surprise stage wins, the surprise surprise, uh, um, overall leaders in that first week, because that first week to me was unpredictable. Like a lot of breakaways made it to the finish line. We had guys taking the Jersey that we, you know, weren't very comfortable or familiar with, I guess. And now they're household names. Um, you know, with Ghana, you know, you knew he was gonna win the prologue. That was um, he smashed that thing. And then uh Tim Merlier in the second stage, Ghana keeping the jersey. But then your favorite one of your favorite guys, one of the hashtag shut up legs award winners, Taco Vanderhorn. Tell us a little bit about that win and and what you from from that stage, you really gotta show or give him some respect for
1: that because at around twenty kilometers to go, he already was at a minute or less. It went down to forty seconds, and he just kept trucking on, and he somehow hold them off. They were maybe looking back there. Oh no, you chase first. No, you chase. Um, then the peloton was uh, uh, going uh, fast or fast and faster behind them, and he was just holding them off with, um, let me see, four seconds. And the sprinters were already just behind him on his wheel. Davide Cimoli finished second on that stage. Peter Sagan third on a stage. Viviani four on that stage. Absolutely incredible how like courageous he did. He wrote, and he just never looked back. He said, okay, i just give it a go. When I can see their wheels yeah. showing up next to me, then I know they caught me. Until then... I just go. He only looked back, like, I believe, right at the finishing straight. And the the moment or the view of just pure joy, happiness, and disbelief on his face, he couldn't believe that he actually pulled it off, riding in front of a peloton, like, for 20 or 20-plus 20 kilometers, with a minute or less, and they still didn't manage to catch him. We haven't seen that for a long time. That was a super good ride of him. Yeah,
0: um, and, and then just looking in the weather that these guys had throughout the whole Giro, but especially that first week, I mean, man, that, that was tough. And that brings me to Joe Dombrowski, UAE Emirates. You know, what what a stage win he had. But man, tell us about the roller coaster of emotions he must have had from winning stage four and then crashing out. Right there near the finish in stage five. I mean, this sport is so brutal. It just goes from one extreme to another and it can just turn on a dime. But this, this isn't supposed to happen to Joe Dombrowski. He was supposed to, you know, win another stage or even fight for the the pink jersey. But what, what, what was your opinion there?
1: Again, it was a breakaway where you thought, oh, I don't know if it lasts. I don't know if they got enough of a gap. I don't know if they're going to make it. And they pulled it off. This Giro, I believe, 11 times the break made it. And that's uh, a record number. That 11 times the breakaway succeeds over the chasing peloton. uh, We haven't seen that for many, many years. And the win of Dombrowski was just another example. He was smart. But also, he was pretty strong that day. It was kind of like the comeback to the Joel Romboski as we know it and as we hope for him to develop. So, I believe until that crash happened, he was back on track to become, yes, the rider we wanted to see in him.
0: Yeah. Let's just hope that he recovered from those injuries. I mean, there's a lot of racing to go, but one, one other cool thing was Alessandro DeMarchi taking the, the overall lead there for a couple days on on that stage, um, you know, that's, that's a name that we're not quite accustomed to being in the lead of a, of a big race like that. But, uh, yeah, after that things kind of switched over to the sprinters, the sprinters, you know, we had Caleb Ewan, um, winning on, on stage five and DeMarkey keeping the jersey. But that next day, stage six, Gino Matter winning the stage and Atia Walter from Groupama FDJ taking the jersey. I'm like, what am I watching right now? I barely know these names and they're at the pinnacle of the grand tour world. Well, Gino
1: Mader, the Swiss rider from Bahrain Victorious, he has been active and in breakaways in this Giro button also in other races I watched him before. He's, he's quite a good rider, not the world-class climber, not the world-class sprinter or time trailer, but he's just, he just wants to win. So he goes out and tries to get any possible breakaway or any chance uh, to win. Attila Walter, relatively young rider from Hungary, the first rider from Hungary to wear the pink jersey. And he was hanging on to it for three days until, of course, Egan Bernal, who else, could take it off him. But he he put on a pretty strong ride and he was hanging on to a top five, to a top 10 position for a very long time. So I believe he still has time to develop. He's going to be a pretty good rider, I believe, uh, in the next years.
0: Yeah, and then Caleb came back and won stage seven. But I think we need to talk about the victor of stage eight. And when I say victor, I mean Victor Le Kofidis has been around a long time. I started my, my uh, the first year that Kofidis was around, I was a member of that team. They haven't been super successful in Grand Tours. Uh, they don't win tons of races. And I think that you mentioned on one of our former podcasts that this was Kofidis' first win in the Giro since 2001. I believe, um, hang on, maybe a little later. Still, it had been a long time. And then, yes, stage nine, you know, Bernal stomped on it, took the stage in the jersey, and all of a sudden, things seem normal. Sagan won stage 10, but then again, stage 11, another Swiss rider, Moro Schmidt from Quebeca Assos, you know, that, that caught me off guard. I didn't see that coming. Well, it was a tough first week,
1: Um And Egan Bernal kind of like won that first uh, uh, um, hilltop finish, or at least he gained more time on a first hilltop finish with Egino Meda. Um, And then he won that stage. There were quite some huge gaps already in the overall classification. So Bernal and his team, they, they could allow breakaways to go out a little longer. The spreader teams did hesitate to chase, and um, since we had quite massive time gaps already after the first week of racing, they could let the breaker go, breakaway go. And that's how they survived. But yeah, pretty good move. And uh, the stage one by um, Mauro Schmidt. I mean, you know, he, he had some good strong guys uh, with him. He actually did beat in the end or dropped them.
0: So yeah, he did a pretty good, um, pretty good win. And the next day, another French team AG2R gets a win with Andrea. You're going to have to help me with this pronunciation because you're, you know, Mr. Fancy Commentator, Andrea Vendrame.
1: Vendrame, Vendrame, yeah, Andrea Vendrame. Yep. Vendrame.
0: Yep. So you know, two two French teams winning winning stages in the Giro. I mean, all the time, Bernal is looking super comfortable, if not dominant, in in the pink jersey, and then stage 13, Giacomo Nizolo. Again, from Quebeca Assos wins a stage. I mean, wow! Two stage wins in in three days. That that team must have been pumping. And my favorite name to comment well, now an and the winner of the oh sorry and interesting fact about Giacomo Nizzolo. He won the
1: sprints competition in the Giro Italia in the in two years ago without a stage win. he happened to be. 11 times, second on a stage, until he finally won one. And it was his only reaction. When he said, how do you feel? He said, finally. It almost felt like the whole peloton was happy and relieved for him. Even the other sprinters came, Giacomo, finally, you got it. Awesome, good for you. He was absolutely blown away. He was so happy and relieved that after 11 times, second on a stage, he finally took it and... Um, Even the other sprinters seem to be happy that he deserved one of them. Oh, he
0: definitely did. I can't believe that. I didn't know that he had finished second that many times. But on a stage 14, the Zoncalon, the big mountain days, Lorenzo Fortunato. Again, I'm going to just say that name, Fortunato. I love saying that. Um, Great win by a young rider, Alberto Contador and Ivan Basso's team. Um, You know hey, this could be, this was another surprise for me, but it could just be the start of another great career from a guy that we know very, very little of. And, you know, not to keep hogging these stage wins, I mean, it made it three stage wins in five days, Victor Kampinarts. I really liked his stage win. And obviously that smile on his face and his victory salute was very special to that Quebec Aso's team.
1: Yes, they uh, I believe if they have time, maybe not in a sprint, but if they have time, they all do this special salute where they show the hand with all fingers um open, which is also printed on their jerseys, you know, the the hand to reach out to give help. Um that is indeed um really nicely done by um the stage winner of uh, which stage was it again? Uh, stage fifteen, Victor Campanatss. And Victor Campanatss um earlier this year he said yeah i know i'm the world record holder uh, the our record holder and all that but i think i'm not the best belgium time trailer anymore so he gave his spot to even and to vote van arts at the olympics he's not even going to the olympics so i i i feel he is transforming himself into a different rider. He goes, look, time trials against Egan Bernal, there's no way in hell I'm ever going to become world champion against, sorry, not Egan Bernal, of course, uh, Filippo Ganna. So he looks at the odds, goes, okay, we got Filippo Ganna, we got Bout von Arts, we got Remco Evenepoel coming up. There's no chance for me as a time trial. So he transforms himself into a breakaway rider. In the Giro, very often, him and his white and black jersey were the first ones to be seen attacking off the front. So he's a totally different rider now, less of a time trialer, just much more of a breakaway rider. And once he is out there, he's so strong. You know, he got this super aerodynamic position on his road bike, and he works for two people if he's in a break. Every breakaway is happy to have him in there. They just need to drop him somehow in the end if they want to win. But that one was his third or fifth, third fourth or fifth try already. And he pulled it off. Absolutely deserved it. And there were some strong riders. Um, and let me quickly come back to the win of uh, Lorenzo Fortunato. He he just didn't win any stage. He won on the Monte Zonkolan. One of the most mythic, most important, famous climbs. And Egan Bernal came, came up chasing from behind. He missed the stage room by 59 seconds. No, hang on. Story one second by 140. So they if they wanted to win with Bernal, they started chasing a little too late. Egan Bernal finished four on the stage, but that young kid, 25 years old, from Iodo Cometa, Lorenzo Fortunato, he dropped Bauke Mollema off his wheel out of the breakaway, and he dropped also George Bennett off his wheel. He's a pretty strong rider. These yep. are good climbers, Bauke Mollema, George Bennett. So the guy... He is a pretty
0: good climber. We got to keep an eye out for him in the future. Absolutely. Stage 16, Bernal winning. I thought race over. Absolute race over. But something happened. On stage 17, you know, they, you know, 16, then they had a rest day. They came back for stage 17. And, and all of a sudden, Egan Bernal looked beatable. I mean, that, that was, that could have gone south really, really quick. And, and, Again, he had, you know, great team support and and that's where I think he won the Giro. You know, he he obviously won a couple stages, but that's where he didn't throw in the towel. He listened to his director. He listened to his teammates. And Danny Martinez was just amazing. keeping him calm, keeping him going, keeping him motivated. I know he lost, you know, a, over a minute on on stage 17 won by Dan Martin, which, you know, Bernal suffering was a little bit more of a surprise than Dan Martin winning. But, you know, congratulations to Dan Martin and the Israel Startup Nation team. That was that was great. But man, after that, there was blood in the water. And it's the last week in the Giro. A lot of teams hadn't won. We hadn't really seen that much of, of guys like Simon Yates, uh, Betiol, Caruso was, you know, there and thereabouts. But man, blood was in the water. Dan Martin winning stage 17, a great ride by Alberto Bettiol winning stage 18 from EF Education Nepo, our old buddy Jonathan Votter's team. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's it's all to play for. Simon Yates finally shows his cards. He looks like he has Bernal on the ropes, but Bernal doesn't give in. Um, And, man, I was sitting there saying – Things could go sideways really quick here. How is this stage 20, the last mountain stage, going to pan out? And I need your opinion on, on what happened there in stage 20. We know that Davinio Curuso won, but that attack that he made, right then and there, I'm thinking, this, this could be it. I mean, we've seen so many riders in the Giro kind of come unhitched in that last week time and time again. And I was thinking, is this going to happen again? Talk us through a little bit of, of Stage 20.
1: Well, we have seen some good, solid performances by the German team DSM with Roman Bade And they took that second-last descent in the rain and wet and a little bit of fog up there. They took that, that descent from the front, dropped everybody, three riders from DSM Dropped everybody. And then just later, Palo Bilbao and um, Damiano Caruso from Bahrain-Victorias, they joined them, also on the downhill, on the dare. Of course, Bernal went, look, we're gonna go down fast, guys, but I don't need to crash. So they did a fast speed, but not as crazy fast as the three riders from Team DSM and the two riders from Bahrain-Victorias. They joined forces further down in the descent. Drove it all the way to the valley, caught the breakaway, and in the breakaway, there a few guys did help him. Where I figure, I wonder why that is. Maybe one of them um, has a contract with them next year, or you know. But two riders they kept uh, working from the leftover of the breakaway, um, and I must say, Michael Storer from Australia for Team DSM and Pello Bilbao. The Basque rider for Bahrain Victorias, they did an enormous job. Each of them tackled probably 15, 20 climbers on the front by themselves. Just them two taking turns, swapping off, making sure that their leaders with Damiano Caruso and Roman Bade went together into the last climb. They dropped everybody else. And in the end, it was just a battle of strength. And Caruso was just a little better on the uphill in the cold weather. And he dropped them and won the stage. Earlier and relatively early attack on the downhill on the wet roads on the downhill, pulling it off through the valley and just hammering it onto the last climb. It was fantastic to watch. And again, Bernal was super lucky to have Martinez there because um, the one stage that Tony Ma- uh, that Dan Martin won, there's this wonderful, beautiful image of team spirit where Bernal is riding up that climb. He looks like his face is empty. He has no expression. He looks like he's about to give up. And then you see Dani Filipe Martinez riding half a wheel in front of him, one hand off his handlebar, cheering him on like a friend, like a fan, like a teammate, like just yelling, come on, go, don't give up. You have, you got this. We got to do this together. He would have lost two minutes for sure, without having Martinez there, not so much because of Martinez pulling him, Bernal couldn't stay on his wheel, but because Bernal gave him this, you know, typical Latino temperament. Come on, we got this. Go together. It was fantastic to see where basically Dani Filippo Martinez, by cheering him up and ref- and like stopping him from giving up, he helped him. He did a big, big job in securing that overall win. In the end, for Egan Bernal, that day was all about Dan Felipe Martinez, and what a great win from Dan Martin! You can always count on him when it comes to the mountains.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, getting back to stage 20, you, you couldn't help but tip your hat to Caruso. Uh, he's been around a while. I don't think he, in his wildest dreams, thought that he would be, you know, winning the penultimate stage of the Tour of Italy and securing a uh, second place in in GC, but it, it was just great to see. And, you know, then the the time trial, you know, that was a pretty long time trial for the end of the Giro, in my opinion. And, you know, there was never obviously any doubt that that Bernal was going to hang on to win. But um, there was a little drama there, you know, with, with Ghana, who we thought would just walk away with it. Um, he had a, a bike change, which was... Uh, so professionally executed by his support staff that he lost minimal time. But then again, here comes Remy Cavagna, you know, smoking it into the final couple hundred meters. And you think maybe he's got a chance. I'm sure that old Ghana on the hot seat was getting a little uncomfortable. And then he misses that turn. And talking as a person that's crashed in, Two time trials in his life, and both of them were in the Tour de France, and both of them took out, uh, took me out, and put me in the hospital. I, I just had to feel for the guy, because you know I've had Remy Cavagna as my hashtag Shut Up Legs writer of the week a couple times. I really like him. I was like share the wealth a little bit, and um, but no, it wasn't meant to be. Both of the best time trialists at the end of the Giro d'Italia had some mishaps and the chips fell where they may and, um, you know, Ghana wound up winning again, but, uh, w- what a great race. There was so many little storylines there. Uh, but yeah, you hit on it already. Danny Martinez has to be the, the MVP. Um, Betio, uh, was, was another guy that really put his head up as, you know, not only can I work for my team, but I can also win a stage, but, um, yeah, Caruso, Bernal, I mean, it, it was just a, a great race. Um, and talking about great races, there was a lot of teams. There was nine teams that didn't win stages. And the smaller teams, you kind of expect that. But Trek Segrafredo, Movistar, DSM, you know, not winning a stage. Okay, you know, you win some, you lose some. But when was the last time in a grand tour, especially recently, that we haven't seen DeCoinette Quickstep? Astana or Jumbo-Visma Jumbo win a stage. That man, th- that that's that was a surprise. But coming up to the Tour de France, those teams have to be feeling the pressure. Yes, absolutely. For the Koenig Quick Step, it is. Yeah, I mean, they they were uh, at least
1: twice second in one of the mountain stages on the last week with Joao Almeida, who came really back into some strong form after he was forced in the middle of the Giro to wait for Remco Evenepoel because by then, Remco Evenepoel was still the designated leader of the team. And then he, he came back into some strong form. The team worked for him. He finished twice second on a mountain uh, on a top. But yeah, Jumbo Wismar, no stage win. They had also three, three riders not finishing the race. So they yeah, had to pay the price there. But, um, yeah, they finished 9, 11, and 12.
0: But, yes, not a podium and not a stage win. Okay. One of the things, the names that you mentioned there, I I wanted to touch on. Remco Evenepoel. You know, we love Remco. He is an amazing rider. This was an opportunity for him. But he had a very bad injury last year you know, crashing and breaking his pelvis in, in Giro de Lombardia. I really have to question with no racing, limited training, that injury, why his team management gave him that sole leadership for his, for, for the Giro d'Italia. I think that was unneeded pressure. Um, it obviously with Joao Almeida, caused it looked like a little bit of a little bit of tension um but i was really surprised to see them a have such high gc ac- expectations for remco but then i said when they get to the second rest day remco his ego you know he he got brought down a peg reality is uh is a bitter pill to swallow sometimes he was kind of out of it and I was really surprised to see him take the start after that second rest day. I thought that would be a good time to exit the Giro d'Italia. Um, I know he's a fighter, and that's why he's a champion and will continue to be a champion. But what did you think about them, you know, his team, his team management, uh, the coaching staff, making that decision to give him that leadership, which. Um, kind of affected Joao Almeida's overall ambitions himself. Well,
1: until like very, very late into the race, it did look like they did the right decision because he was up there. I mean, uh, in the first week, one of these mountaintop finishes, he was one of the few guys able to stay directly on the wheel of Bernal when Igan Bernal attacked for stage wins or, you know, to get some bonus seconds on his uh, competition. He looked strong and solid. Then, yes, after the rest, it, he lost time. I believe he figured, or the team and him, they figured, look, it's his first Grand Tour. Keep him in the race so he finishes the Grand Tour. His body gets used to the workload. Um, and I also feel it, it was a quite an interesting or important mental lesson for him. He, even though you are a super champion and a super talent, not everything is just a stroll in the park not everything, every day, you can win. Sometimes you just got to suffer to stay in the race. So I believe he did learn a few really important lessons for the future. Um, but you are right, Bobby. They could have taken him out of the Giro after the second race. They go, look, just recover a little. It was long enough. Um, but yeah, to put him as a le- in the leader position, he hasn't raced since he crashed out in last year's Tour of uh, Lombardia. With a broken pelvis, he comes back with zero days of racing into the race as one of the leaders. It's like, wow, that's, that's quite a brave move. It's nearly summer, and if you're looking for some help getting back into shape, don't worry. Outside Plus has you covered. Bobby and myself are both members and get to enjoy training plans, exclusive gear discounts, entry to cycling events, and more. Including access to premium content from other outside publications like Velo News, Trail Runner, Yoga Journal, Backpacker, and Peloton Magazine. All in all, it's $350 worth of value for just $99. But if you enter our special coupon code BobbyYens25 at checkout, you will get another 25% off. Go to valuenews.com slash outside plus and enter Bobby Yens 25 all one word, lowercase, at checkout to receive our special 25% discount. And now back to
0: our chat about the Giro. Well, yeah, let's let's wrap up the Giro. I mean... Congratulations, Egon Bernal, congratulations, Ineos Grenadiers, but now that that race is over and this is cycling, right? You win the biggest race. On that Sunday, you're a rock star. And the next day, that's almost forgotten about and it's on to the next one. Yes, the Dauphiné Libre is going on right now, but let's skip that a little bit and, and talk about the Tour de France. Will we see any of the riders that were the protagonists in the Giro going for the GC spots, the top podium spots in, in the Tour de France this year. I was a little bit worried that they would put Egan Bernal in in the Tour de France. I think that would be a mistake. And I've heard since uh, the last couple of days that they aren't going to do that. But, you know, there was some guys that were starting to light it up in that last week. I mean, Dan Martin, Simon Yates. Um, Will we see some of these guys, these stage winners and these protagonists in the race going to the Tour de France and and having some GC expectations? Is it possible to do the Tour of Italy and then recover in time for the Tour de France?
1: Yes, you can do both of them. But I strongly believe in modern cycling these days, it is impossible to be on a podium in both of them. We will never ever see the double of Giro and Tour de France again. It's just the time gap is too long to keep it going, to keep the shape at the highest level. But the gap is yet too little to rebuild, to have a break and rebuild. So I don't see anybody like winning the Giro and winning the Tour. Yes, of course, I'm sure we will see Dan Martin In the Tour. He might win another mountain stage. But I don't see a podium for him. We might see Simon Yates. You know. To help um, other teammates. From Team Bike Exchange. To perform well. Um, Filippo Ganna is going to be there. Caruso maybe. But again. In in a helper role. I believe. So I don't see anybody. That was up here in the GC. To actually. um, Be in the Tour de France. Contending for a podium.
0: Well. Okay, he didn't contend for a podium, but he did win the points classification. Will we see Peter Sagan in the Tour de France? I believe so, because
1: in my eyes, I do not see Emmanuel Buchmann or Leonard Kemner, the other young German talent. So they want to try the Tour de France with Wilko Keldermann, who is actually doing a, a good Dauphiné in a moment. But it's a German team. And I think they need a bit more spectacular action. And Sagan is the man. He just won this mountains jer- uh, the points jersey. And if he's one thing, he's reliable. He might be just 1% off that great Peter Sagan we used to know. Where he could win any stage out of any situation he wants to. Now it needs to be quite perfect that he can win. But If the day goes bad, he's still second, third, or fourth, or fifth. And with that reliability, he collects always enough points to secure that points jersey. So I do see him in the Tour de France again for Team Borohans Grohe. Yet, nobody knows where he goes next year. Maybe he stays because they might need him there. Because Borohans Grohe, if he leaves them, you go,
0: yeah, well then, what's left? How many names do we really know from there? Well... We can only wait and see. It's just uh, right around the corner. The Tour de France, baby. Okay, everyone. So now we're moving into our hashtag Shut Up Legs Rider of the Week Award. So, Yenzi, you go first this week. Who do you have?
1: Okay, my award for the Shut Up Legs Rider of the Week goes to Damiano Caruso. Why? It's very easy to explain. In a normal Giro Italia, Michelanda would have been 4 in the overall, his captain, and Damiano Caruso would have worked like a madman every single day and would have probably finished a very respectable 12th or 13th overall. Now that Michelanda crashed out, which is tragic, but I was such a lucky coincidence for Caruso. He saw this one little chance to become a leader and he took it with both hands. He not only won a stage, he finished second in the overall. He was one of the strongest riders in the last week. He was one of the only ones able to challenge Egan Bernal for the overall win. So Damiano Caruso, coming out of the second line of his team, being the super domestic, suddenly become a star and become, became the leader He did a super great Giro Italia. He is my Shutter Blacks Ride of the Week.
0: I like that one. I probably would have chosen that as well, but I'm going to go with the easy one and not for the the easy reason. I am going to go with Egan Bernal, not because he won two stages and won the overall, but he showed a lot of character, um, a lot of patience, a lot of maturity when he was on the back foot after that second rest day. Kind of nursed it through a couple stages and then was able to defend on the penul- penultimate stage and then obviously in the time trial. I think that teaches uh, riders just as much, if not more, than winning a grand tour. So for me, Egon Bernal, you were my hashtag shut up legs rider of the week. That's a very good choice. I can agree to that. Well, that's our
1: time for this week. Thanks for listening, and please give us a five star review and
0: share us with your friends. The show was a Bella News production in association with Shock Giraffe. The producer was Mark Payne, and this episode was edited by Tim Mosa. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bobby and Jens and share your cycling stories with us. Before we go, a quick word from our sponsor Zwift. When it comes to sport, I always tell my kids, clients, and friends: Rule number one is to have fun. On Zwift, fun is fast. Tour de France winner Garrett Thomas uses it. So too does Matteo Vanderpol, and Australia's Neve Bradbury zwifted her way to a World Tour contract. One of my favorite things on Zwift is seeing the flags of people from all around the globe that I get to ride with. I love the structured workouts, doing group rides with friends. And when I'm feeling strong, doing a few races, they definitely hurt, but they are fun. It's easy to get started. All you need is a bike, a trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com and hopefully. I'll see you on there soon. Right on.